for the mothers in our lives, for the motherly figures in our lives. Lord, I thank you for the ways that you work through your people. So Lord, this morning, we just want to listen to you. We turn our focus to you now. Open our hearts, Lord, for what you have. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. First Samuel 1, 1 through 4. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. The first person we encounter in this account is Elkanah, Samuel's father, who was a descendant of the priestly tribe of Levi. Even though he is identified here as an Ephraimite, Ephraimite refers to the territory in which he lived rather than his lineage. Elkanah was a devout man, as evidenced by his annual pilgrimage to Shiloh, north of Jerusalem, to worship and sacrifice to the Lord at the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. But Elkanah had two wives. His first wife, Hannah, was childless. Penina, who was likely younger given cultural practices of the day and her behavior throughout the story, was fruitful. A second wife was sometimes taken in the case of a childless first marriage. Likely Samuel's coming then was welcomed as a miracle. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. 
1 Samuel 1, 5-18 Hannah finally had enough of the grief and went to the tabernacle to pray. She poured out her emotions to God with much pain, deeply hurt. She promised that if God would give her a son, she would dedicate him back to God all of his life. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. 1 Samuel 1, 19-20 The phrase, the Lord remembered Hannah, is important. Why? Because although our desires are known by God, we still need to pray regarding our problems. 1 Samuel 1, 21-27 When her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. Hannah cared for her infant for three years, but she never forgot her pledge to return to the tabernacle and live there permanently to serve the Lord. She knew it was time to take tiny Samuel to Eli when he no longer needed her for feeding. When Hannah arrived, she reminded Eli of her story and pledge, and she handed Samuel to the care of the elderly priest. 1 Samuel 2, 1-11 Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. Then Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel, and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. Hannah responded to the fulfillment of her vow with a tremendous song of praise to God.
So being at Mother's Day, before we get into our text this morning, I, I thought you'd enjoy this list of things that I came across that our mothers have taught us. Our mothers taught us logic. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me, as well as, if everyone else jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? I'm sure some of you are, you're guilty, okay. How about this one? Our mothers taught us humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. Our mothers taught us genetics. You're just like your father. Our mothers taught us anticipation. Just wait till your father gets home. Our mothers taught us about receiving. You're going to get it when you get home. Um, our mothers taught us religion. You better pray that'll come out of that carpet. <laughs> you resonating with some of these? You've heard some of these? Okay. Uh, how about this one? Our mothers taught us about stamina. You'll sit there until that spinach is finished. For my brother, it was peas. Um, our mother taught us the circle of life. Yeah, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. <laughs> but probably one of our all-time favorite things that our mother taught us was justice. One day you will have kids. And I hope they turn out to be just like you. Then you'll see what it's like. And I just can't wait. So... Yeah, we can learn lots from our mothers. And uh, this morning, uh, there are many things that our mothers have taught us. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we find the story of a woman, a mother named Hannah. Uh, and there are some important things uh, that Hannah, a godly mother, uh, teaches us. And so this ordinary woman is an example of a great woman and, and uh, a, a godly mother in the Old Testament. And so what does Hannah have to teach us. If Hannah were with us today, uh, what would she tell us? What would her testimony be? What would her story, her, uh, you know, what would she tell us about her walk with God? And so first, Hannah might say to us, bring your burdens to the Lord. Hannah was a woman who had burdens. Hannah was one of two wives of the man named Elkanah. Elkanah's wife Peneah had children, and in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1, verses 2 and 10, it says, However, but Hannah had none. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Hannah, had, Hannah was a, a brokenhearted and disappointed woman, but she brought her burdens to the Lord. For a woman to have no children in Jewish times... Uh, in Jewish culture, was a sign of, of God's displeasure. Hannah felt the, the anguish of, of wanting a child but not being able to have one. So what made her situation more unbearable was that Penea, the other woman, uh, or her rival, as the Bible calls her, uh, would rub in the fact uh, that she had children and Hannah did not. 
Now, it was customary for Elkanah and his family to go to Shiloh uh, each year to worship the Lord. And uh, this, was, this was a painful experience for Hannah because every time she went to worship at Shiloh, uh, she was reminded of her childlessness. And so for every year when they made the trip to Shiloh to, to worship God, her rival was right there reminding her of uh, how she was blessed and that Hannah was obviously not. So instead of celebration for Hannah, she wept and would not eat. What should have been a joyful and worshipful occasion each year was just a sorrowful one for her. Some of you perhaps know, know the sorrow of Hannah. For you, Mother's Day is not necessarily a happy time. For you, Mother's Day may be like Hannah's trip to Shiloh each year. Instead of happiness, it's, it's a time of sorrow and sadness. For some women, Mother's Day is a painful reminder of what was lost and has never been. That's the case for Susan and I on Mother's Day and Father's Day. And so, if that's you, you need not feel any less complete or in inadequate as a woman. You are no less loved by God. The ability or inability to produce children does not put a person in a special category of greater or lesser love and blessing. So, what did Hannah do with this burden that she bore? She brought her burden to the Lord. All of her bitterness, her sorrow, and anguish came streaming out like a flood. Hannah brought her burden uh, to the only one who could really give her any relief, and that was the Lord. You too can bring your burdens to the Lord. We are encouraged to do so by God. In 1 Peter 5, 2, or 5, 7, it says to us, Turn all your anxiety over to God because he cares for you. Did you hear that? He cares for you. He cares for me. He's, he's not bothered by my burdens. He is my burden bearer. He knows we can not bear them alone. We were not uh, designed to bear them on our own. And so we have a promise that our burdens brought to the Lord uh, will not overcome us. In Psalms 50, 55, 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And so the word moved literally means to be shaken to the point of falling or failing. So let's take a, a skyscraper, for example, a structure that has been strengthened uh, to endure stress. It still moves, but in its moving it is its salvation. If it didn't have the flexibility and it was too rigid, it would break under the stress, fall, and fail. And so God allows burdens to bend us but they won't break us. He has ordained it to be so, and so the righteous won't be moved. As I think about the whole matter of, of bringing burdens to the Lord, and, and mothers in particular, they often have some extra burdens that need to be brought before the Lord. 
Now, it's not that dads don't love their children, but moms carry a different kind of burden. This goes on even into adulthood when, when children, uh, their children have, have long left the home. Moms still bear their children's burdens. Sometimes we men don't fully understand uh, the special burdens that, uh, that women bear. Elkanah, a typical man, loved his wife and tried to help her through her grief and sorrow. He tried to get Hannah's mind off the fact that she had no children. And so uh, look at 1 Samuel 1.8. And here is a man's solution to a woman's burden. Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why, and why is your heart grieved? Am I not better than ten sons? <laughs> Thank you, men. Uh, and so in verse 1-5, we are told that Elkanah gave Hannah a double portion. And so Hannah got the best steak dinner every Mother's Day. Uh, Elkanah tried to make things special for Hannah to make up for her emptiness. But only the Lord, only the Lord could bear her burden. And so, uh, so we are commanded to share in each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But, there's, uh, but there's just, uh, there are just some needs, some burdens, some loads that cannot be met by another person or all the material goods in the world. As much as we men think we can, we're not it. Hannah's burdens would not be met by her husband or material things. One thing we can learn from this mother Hannah is that bring our burdens to the Lord. Something else that, that Hannah might say to us this morning is dedicate your children to the Lord. When Hannah poured out her heart to God, she made a vow, a promise to the Lord. We see her promise in 1 Samuel 1.11. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And so the Lord remembered Hannah, and Hannah remembered the Lord. What was Hannah's promise? Well, that she would dedicate her son to the Lord forever. And so in 1 Samuel 1, 24 to 28, we see Hannah, Hannah's trip to Shiloh uh, with, with young Samuel. And Hannah made good on her vow. She brought Samuel back to the Lord and said to Eli, the priest at Shiloh, in verse 27, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked him. And so now uh, I have dedicated him to God. He's dedicated to God for life. Hannah did not forget her commitment to the Lord. Her act of dedicating Samuel was, was not a one-time event that ceased the day that she dedicated him to the Lord. It was ongoing. 
godly women, and men for that matter, live out their vows before the Lord. They keep their promises to one another and to God. What vows? Commitments. What vows, what commitments have you made before the Lord? If you're married, you have a commitment to your marriage. If you have children, you have a commitment to raising your children. Are you keeping your vows? We have also made a vow to God when we trusted him as our Lord and Savior. As we did this morning, uh, when we are baptized as a public profession of our faith, we say, uh, Jesus is my Lord, he's my Savior. I will follow him all the days of my life. I will never be the same again. Are we committed to those vows that we once made? I will seek his kingdom first. What Hannah did in dedicating her child to the Lord is instructive for us to help us uh, know how to, to view our children and, and what dedicating them to the Lord means. And so what does it mean to dedicate our children to the Lord? Dedicating our children to the Lord means that, that we see our children as gifts from the Lord. Hannah saw Samuel as a gift in response to her prayer. The name Samuel means asked of the Lord. Every child is a precious gift from God. Psalms 127.3 says, Children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. Every child is a precious gift and a creation by God. Dedicating them to the Lord is, is an acknowledgement of that fact. Dedicating our children to the Lord also means that we see that our children need spiritual guidance. Before she brought Samuel to the Lord, Lord's house in Shiloh, she trained Samuel as parents. We have the responsibility to train our children in the Lord. Let me do a side note here. Uh, often I hear uh, in student ministry, you'll occasionally hear, you know, I want you to fix my kids. Uh, and you know what? An hour and a half on Wednesday night and, and the time that they come and worship is not enough. We're here to support what you should be doing already at home. Parents, you have the biggest influence in your child's life, whether you realize it or not. Use it. Take advantage of that. And so, children need spiritual guidance. And so as parents, we have that responsibility again to, to train up our children in the Lord. And so what does that mean? It means that we will teach them about the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4 it says, reminds us of our responsibility as parents to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. As parents, we must expose our children to the Christian faith and its community. It means we will be Christian examples for them. We ourselves as parents will, will be co committed to Christ and, and living out the Christian faith before our children. We can't expect our children to seek after the Lord if we are not. Know that. They look. Children are sponges. They see and know more than you think they do. 
We can't expect our children to seek if we are not. Dedicating our children to the Lord also means that we see that our children need to be entrusted to the Lord. Our children are on loan from, from the Lord. Hannah understood and knew that Samuel could only be the young man God wanted him to be if he was released to the Lord. And so Jesus says to us in Mark 10, 14b, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. To entrust, to entrust our children to the Lord and release them to, his, to him pleases the Lord. Releasing our children to God is an attitude and an ongoing prayer of faith. Releasing them says, Lord, you created this child and you know what's best for them. I release them to you because only then can they truly discover what their purpose in life is. Do you need to entrust your children to the Lord? That doesn't mean you passively raise your children. In fact, it means the opposite. It means you are going to actively do what is necessary to raise them in the Lord. It means that you will teach them, encourage them, introduce them to Jesus, and pray for them regularly. What does Hannah have to say to us this morning? It's simple. Bring your burdens to the Lord and dedicate your children to the Lord. Do you have burdens today? Bring them to him. Are you dedicating your children to the Lord? Do you see them as gifts from God? Are you entrusting them to him? Your children may be grown, but you can still pray for them and release them to God. In a few moments, the worship team is going to come, and I just want to remind you that these altars are open for whatever need. But if you have a burden, don't bear it alone. And if you want to dedicate your, your children, whether they're young or grown up, Bring them to the Lord. Take advantage of this opportunity to rely on the Lord. Won't you pray with me? Lord, I, I thank you. I thank you for the life of Hannah and the things that are simple and that she teaches us. Lord, help us to know that in the trials of this life, that we are not alone, that we can come to you with anything and that when we trust you, you will make our burden lighter. You will not allow us to be rigid and break and fail and fall. You allow us to bend in those burdens so that we can be strong and and withstand the storm. And so, Lord, as we continue to worship you in song, may we give you our hearts, may we give you our lives, may we give you our children. And we pray this in the powerful and 
wonderful name that can only be found in Jesus. Amen and amen. I just wanted to share um, something. Um, Doug had mentioned that you know he and I were never able to conceive. Um, and I know that that has been um, a sorrowful point for us. Uh, for some, and I know others have had pregnancies that they did not keep. And this day is painful for a lot of people. Um, I, I can't say that the this day is not as hard as it used to be. Um, but there is still a wound there that I think probably won't be reconciled until I get to heaven, truly, all the way. But what has given me hope and given me great joy is that he put children in my life that I have regular 